Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. You guys, I'm so excited today. I have a very, very special guest entrepreneur, a TV personality, a public speaker. She is the star of Kim of Queens on Lifetime. So much fun to watch. And she has a clothing line on QVC. So many things. She's a certified life coach, mentor. She is so accomplished and inspiring. I am so, so excited to have her. So without further ado, welcome Kim to the show. This is Kim Gravel. Hey, Erin. Thanks for having me, girl. (laughs) Of course. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Kim. I am so excited to have you. We are a reality TV podcast, but you know, this it's just so much fun when we have someone who wears so many different hats. So I cannot wait to get into all of what you've done and what you are going to do. I am very, very thrilled to have you. So thank you so much. Thank you, girl. Of course. So we always start from the beginning, Kim. How was your childhood? Where did you grow up? And what kind of little girl were you? Well, you know, Lord, it's hard for me to think about that far, (laughs) but I do. um, I had a good childhood, right? I had, you know, mom and dad and my sister and I I grew up in metro Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and just a a smaller town, but had big dreams. So when I I was in school, in grade school and middle school and in high school, I always wanted to, you know, do something, leave a mark, you know, express my opinions and you know, I was that kid that you could never hold down. I was always doing something going, my mom said we about killed her and dad, you know, like the whole time, <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. You know, I was one of those kids, an overachiever, not so much in school. I'm, I'm more street smarts than book smarts, but mm-hmm. you know, I did enough to get by in school and I couldn't wait to get out and get going in my life. I had a lot of big goals and big dreams. And, you know, back in the Aaron, I don't know how old you are, but back in the 80s when I was coming up, there was just not, I mean, there was no social media, right? There was no cell phones. There right. was no be an Instagram influencer. You know, there was none of that. <laughs> so you had to really like grassroot it. So I would go and take my boom box and my cassette tapes and I would go all over the city singing and performing anywhere they would let me. Oh I mean, I remember gosh. people saying, you did not go anywhere without a boom box. But for those of you who are not old enough to remember what boom boxes are, Google it. <laughs> I certainly am. I was born in 78. I'm right there with you, Kim. You know a boombox. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Mixtapes. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Mixtapes. Yes. Oh, I used to make mixtapes all the time. Yes. Um, you just made my heart, like, beat two beats. I remember a good mixtape. Nothing like it. Right? I know. Mixtapes were my love language, I feel, growing up. Yeah. So. <laughs> trying to, to get somewhere, be somewhere, do something, you I know, get that. out of high school, get out of this little town and, you know, spread my wings. So I've always been, um, you know, a type A person, but I never took myself so seriously. So for me, it was all about watching my dreams come true. I always thought and knew that and deep down, if I worked hard enough and got out there enough, I, I could do it. And that's why I love today's social media and, and even reality TV. And it's just really affording a lot of people opportunities if you use it properly. And if you are wise about how you parlay or position yourself with that, you really have more opportunities. The kids today have so much more opportunities than I had. Oh, but, absolutely. Know. I cannot agree with you more. And I'm so curious, who inspired you when you were growing up? 
Oh, so Tina Turner was someone I looked up to. I loved Tina Turner. And um, my mom, of course, she was really strong. She still is a very strong woman. She was not career-oriented like I am or business-oriented. But she was always a person who stood in her own self-worth. So she would never, you know, back down her opinions or her confidence or or who she is for anybody. And so for me, you know, my character came from her and my dad. And my dreams came from watching... Tina Turner and, you know, all of those performers and those women who were strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I was always attracted to really strong, powerful, empowered women. They all are empowered, but, you know, the ones that really projected that. Oh, of course. Did you watch MTV Daily? Like, I just remember sitting my butt right in front of that TV for hours and hours and hours. Okay, so look. (laughs) You remember when Michael Jackson came out with Thriller? Yes, of course. Remember that? Yes. That was a video, I mean, that was, I I went home, got my popcorn, did my whole thing, and watched it like I was watching, you know. A movie. Someone laying on the moon. Yeah. Girl, I remember that vividly thinking, oh, this is so amazing, so amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I'm right there with you for sure. And I I was always wanting to be an aspiring singer. So I would try to match my tone, you know, with theirs. And that's how I taught myself how to sing, honestly. Did you sing in a hairbrush? Of course. <laughs> you do the hairbrush in the mirror. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. And I loved Madonna, too. I remember yes. when Madonna sang Like a Virgin on the stage. And, of course, you know, my mom thought, you know, everybody was going to die and go to hell singing that. I'm like, what are you thinking now, lady? Yeah. Yes. But um, I remember that. And I also remember I had the Prince Purple Rain, okay, cassette tape. Oh, yeah. And my mom... When she heard Darling Nikki, she was like, this is Philip. And she would rip out the tape. The tape. <laughs> and I think I bought, in my lifetime, that Purple Rain album or tape or CD probably 10 times. Because my mom destroyed like <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, girl. Purple <laughs> Rain. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Those I were mean, the days weren't that Aaron? Yes, yes. These uh, kids, you know, and you have children too. Know. I mean, they have no clue. I swear, those Whitney albums were precious to me. They were gold. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, may she rest in peace. Oh yes. my God, I just wanted to look like her, sing like her, everything. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. Queen, yeah. queen, queen. So embodied that word, right? Well, we could yes. talk about the eighties forever, but. <laughs> Right, right. So, okay, you're growing up, you go to high school. What kind of like subjects are you interested? Are you thinking you're going to go to college? Are you thinking you're going to get a degree? Like, what are your thoughts at that age? Yeah, I mean, I knew, you know, I had no choice. You know, my parents like, you're going to school. So I was a very old soul. And I have a son that's like that too. And I get it now. It's it's frustrating as all get out as a parent. So I, I really apologize to my parents. I was always chasing wisdom. I remember sitting alone in my bedroom in singing to my stuffed animals, performing for my stuffed animals <laughs> to old Elvis and Sean Cassidy records going, knowing there was more to this life than what oh, we see. Love I really remember that vividly. And so for me, I've always been a person who always sought after things that you can't see and understand, but you know, in your heart and soul, right? Yeah. So for yeah. me, my faith was always a guiding compass. It was always a lamp into my feet as I went out into the world. So when I graduated high school, I decided I wanted to be in the Miss Georgia pageant. Keep in mind, y'all, back then pageants, 
and maybe Star Search was the only thing you could do to really get your music, your message, your platform out there. Right. So for me, I thought, okay, I'll just do pageants. You know, my mom did pageants. I wasn't the prettiest girl. I was kind of like an ugly duckling. I, well, I wasn't kind of. I was, but I had a good personality, so I thought, well, that'll take me far, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could put some makeup on and my chicken scratch hair, we can rat tease it up or whatever. <laughs> but I knew that the personality, I knew I had what it took to do the interview and talk and, and that kind of thing. So. Yes. I went to a seminary school, a theology school, because I was attracted to that depth, that uh, wisdom, okay. that guiding compass that has always has been in the, on the inside. And I tell young people all the time, even Erin, as I travel, I just spoke today to a group of girls at a high school locally. And I told them, I said, if you'll always be, you know, I'm a person of faith, but I, I always tell people, even people who don't believe like I believe, if you always keep yourself centered in what you know to be true on the inside. Don't let outside voices come in and disrupt the knowing that's inside of you. Like a lot of times, you know, this area, you'll meet somebody or see something and be like, yeah, that ain't right. Yes. Something you just goes, mm. you know, the little hairs from the that I always tell people, listen to that, follow that. I did that when I got out of high school and majored in theology. And really realized that I'm not an academia girl. That's not my gift. <laughs> you know, I can I can study, but to sit and do and teach and talk about Hebrew and the you know, uh, uh, that ain't me. I love it. I love to study it, but I'm like, what kind of career am I going to do with that? And my mom goes, "Girl, you need to go into some kind of entertainment where you run your mouth." <laughs> and so that's where my journey began. How do you go from theology major? to, you know, taking hermeneutics and Hebrew and all that, to being on Kim of Queens, which is a Lifetime show on, you know, national television. I don't know, but hey, we got there. Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I want to know, the journey. But I have to say, I wish that podcasting had been, you know, available yeah. to you back then, right? You would have been a killer podcaster. I mean, really. I just, I love talking to you. You have so much to offer. That would have been perfect, right? Back in the day. Yeah, I tell the kids all the time. I'm like, y'all don't even know how lucky you are. And of course, we sound like our parents now. Yeah, right? we do. Okay. So, <laughs> we so do, we do. I mean, when we're sitting here talking about how purple rain, they just don't ride them like that anymore. I <laughs> know, I know. Purple we rain, are our no parents. <laughs> yes, that's okay. That's okay. We've just been, right. you know, we've, we've elevated. It's all good. Exactly. <laughs> I went to Atlanta Christian College. I won Miss Georgia, so I went on to Miss America and got, you know, exposure and pursued it from there and then from there I knew and I tell people this all the time you get to where you're supposed to go it might not be how you thought you were going to get there but you get there and so then that started the real career journey you know after I was Miss Georgia and went to Miss America and started having a lot of opportunities and that's when as they say the overnight success started happening which was not overnight because it's like 30 years later right 20 years later <laughs> you're right. still you're still working your can off. It's we have to point out, though, in 1991, you were the youngest Miss Georgia in history. That's incredible. Yeah. Really, really incredible. Well, and I probably should have waited and got a little bit more mature, but, you know, I was always in a hurry, you know, to get somewhere and do something. Well, you so, won, like Kim. I, said, I was an old soul. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's not, it's because I could talk. Okay. <laughs> I tell, that's another thing I tell young people. If you can talk and communicate today, Oh my gosh, are it's you kidding? So You'll true. be a superstar. It's so it's true. It's the truth, right? Yeah, 100%. Yes, yes. Yep. 
so yeah, that was it for me. I, I went to Georgia, and then, then I just started pursuing TV and, and all of that, you know, from that. That was, I got a taste of it. You know, I got a taste of all. Like a lot of people who have reality TV shows and stuff, they just stumbled into it. I right. planned it. I really knew that to get to another platform, another level, I could leverage a reality TV show and what I do in my personal life to really get my messaging across, which is really to believe in your own beauty, to really look in the mirror and love what you see. I love men. I've got three men. I live with, I have two sons and a husband. I love it, but I'm a girl's girl. (laughs) So I think women run the world. I don't think I know. We might not get paid for it and we might not get recognized for it, but we do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, my (laughs) husband knows, my husband knows who's in charge. He's evolved. My husband's evolved. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, women like us, I think we have to have husbands like that, right? I mean, also, I'm a dating coach. So I knew exactly like what I wanted and, you know, got that. Like I knew exactly what I needed for me Mm. to be happy in life and to achieve my goals. I needed someone who was super supportive. So I found that, you know, in my husband. We just celebrated 10 years, actually. Oh, now do you have any children, Erin? Yeah, I have two, a boy and a girl. Alexa is eight, almost nine, and Zaxon is five, almost six. Oh, wow. They're at a good age. They're good. I've got teenagers, so I, I have teenage boys. So I never sit on a clean toilet seat, and our house <laughs> smells like a you know locker room. Yeah. So, or a urinal. I don't know. Whichever one you want to pick on any given day. Right, so, right. Yeah, oh, that's where I'm at. I'm nervous for that stage, but yeah, I'm trying to enjoy this one. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. But they're best friends. But and- you have one girl. Yeah, I do. But to you be have, honest, I'd rather have boys. Yeah. I'd rather have boys. My girl oh, is girl. so difficult. <laughs> oh, be careful what you ask for. I mean, my sons <laughs> are really, they're chill. You know, they're definitely different. But it's just, you know, oh, I don't know. You, we get what we have. But, you know, your daughter will never leave you. She'll always be there. But um, Well, I may leave her. <laughs> I'm kidding. I might have to take that out. But no, I just. Just come on to Atlanta, girl, for a break. Any time, any freaking time. Oh my God, seriously. No, I. It, it's so important. It, it's so important to get away, isn't it? Oh my God, it's so yes. important. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about you, not me. No, but I love it. That was so great. <laughs> my listeners know way too much about me. Trust me on that. <laughs> Trust me on that, right, guys? Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to hear how, so all these opportunities were open to you after you won um, Miss Georgia, and then you went to compete in Miss America, and that alone is an incredible accomplishment. Now, once you did that, were you kind of like, well, I've kind of hit the pinnacle, let me kind of move on to something else? Well, you know what? I learned more from losing Miss America than I ever did from winning Miss Georgia because that experience was so real world. You know what I mean? That, I mo- that. that was a very pivotal moment in my life. And I always tell people, you can trace who you are today based on what you've done in the past mm-hmm. and how you've handled it. So for me, anybody I talk to that has had trauma or has had, and we've all had it, by the way, or has had any experiences that when you're 19 and you're naive and you think everything is fair and the world is out there to serve you and it's just going to be, you know, if you work hard, it'll happen. I realized real quick competing for Miss America, but that was not the truth. That was a lie. 
and I realized that, oh, all these years people say you work hard and it'll be fair. And you work. that ain't true. Right. See, and so for me, I learned that through the Miss America experience at 20 years old. I learned, okay, this is a mean ass world out here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's coming for you. It's coming to eat your lunch. <laughs> so you better toughen up and you better realize. And people say, Kim, that's so negative. No, babe, that's not negative. That's truth. Right. And I learned that through the Miss America experience. I won't even go into the details about all that, but it was a not fair, not legit. It was legitimate, but it was, it was the best lesson I could ever learn. You know, I was in the ring for 12 rounds there and I was knocked out, you know? And so at that point I was like, oh my gosh, this is what life is. I don't think I can ever do this anymore. You know, I need to just go on back to Lilburn, Georgia and just get married and have kids <laughs> and, you know, live a normal life. Or I can ball up, toughen up, throw some boxing gloves and get in the ring. So I decided to do the latter of the two. And from that moment on, I've been scrapping and fighting ever since. Because <laughs> if, if anybody listening thinks that, you know, success comes easy, it doesn't. Every day for me, I just got off a call before I got on with you. Not fighting, that's not the right word, but being challenged about my business or what I know or what I, I want to do. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to get ready for that if you're going to be successful. And that's why a lot of people don't survive reality TV. Right. You know, that's why people's lives fall apart because of reality TV. But when, by the time Kim of Queens rolled around, I had experienced so many hard knocks that I was ready to get in that ring and join the big girls, big boys club and really hang with that. And that's why after reality TV, I've catapulted that into even bigger success. Right. You know, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to tell people. Your mess is your message. If you'll take that junk, the things that were unfairly done to most people, most people, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have experienced things, Erin, and you could probably testify to this, where it's not even their own fault. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. just crappy things happen. Definitely. It's what you do with those things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, you know, not to get too personal, but I was raised by a narcissistic mother and my whole life I've been fighting against mm. becoming her. Right. I just want to always be the opposite of and she raised me, of course, but that's not who I want to be. So I've always been kind of fighting against that. And I didn't yes. have support. You know, I didn't have someone telling me I'm so proud of you. And, you know, mm. so I accomplished all of this in spite of her. But right. it also, it, it motivates me. You know, it really motivates yeah. me to do more with my life, to make more of my life. You know, she was telling me I would never make anything of my life. And mm. I have, you know, and I've proven it wrong time and time again, right? And I've gained respect from other people, so yes. I don't need hers. You know what I mean? And I, I respect myself. I have pride in what I have right. done. Right. And that's what's most important. So, yeah. yeah, it is. And we just rise from that. I feel like that motivated me. I feel like that was the fire that was put under me. And so I wouldn't change it for the world because I wouldn't be the person I am today. Right. But I love hearing you, Erin, and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, everybody's gone through junk. I mean, everybody has trauma right. or junk or whatever. It's what you decide to do with that mess. You've decided to say, okay, I'm not going to get down depressed. I'm not going to believe the lies she's saying. I'm going to believe the truth that's inside of me. And look, right. she's your mom, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the fundamental person that always should be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. But I remember there was a time with the producers of Kim of Queens. I remember a guy sat there. This is when I knew I was in trouble, girl, with reality TV. <laughs> First of all, I'm not going to be ugly to people. Now, I will tell you, if you come up in my grill, 
and you challenge me and you really, I mean, it takes about three times, but then I'm going to pop off and you're <laughs> going to be read the right act. Okay. Right. I'm serious. Don't mistake my kindness for weakness because I ain't weak. But what I'll say is there was this gentleman sitting across from me. He was a producer and he looked at me. And I knew I was in trouble, Erin, when he said to me, he goes, you know, your grandkids will be watching this show. You'll, you'll never get another show. You'll never do anything. So just enjoy the ride. And I looked what? at him, and you know what I thought in my head, Erin? You fool. Right. You don't even know what you're talking about. And I thought, bless his heart. <laughs> he, he, and then I thought, oh, crap, this show's going to suck because this guy, dude's an idiot. <laughs> he don't even know what he's dealing with. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, at yeah. that point, I remember sitting there thinking oh god and I wasn't confident enough in myself to verbalize that to him if I would have it would have been a different experience it probably would have been a better experience but I didn't I didn't want to rock the boat but the only reason I knew the show was not going to be on long because they didn't know how to, to do their jobs so I knew well I'm the only one doing my job and these other people cannot so I'm going to do what I came to do which is inspire and encourage these young girls they want to dance moms I want to empower young women yeah. That was their intention, Erin. That was their intention. Their intention was to make it dance bombs. And I thought, you know what? I'm not doing that. That's not who I am. Yeah, I could see that. So that's why, you know, we didn't come in a common place to move forward. You know, they were coming from one place. I was coming for another. And it, whatever. It was a blessing. But he's out of work. And I'm running to, you know, multi-million dollar brand. <laughs> yeah, so see? I think not to say anything. God bless. I'm just saying, like, like I knew at that point. Okay. This ain't going to take it for what you can and use it because right. and pour into these girls because these people don't get it. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know? Yeah. That's it's unfortunate, unfortunate. but it's, it's smart to, like you said, like how you realize with your mother, you got to step into the truth and then you can, you can move on from there. And yeah. I'm so glad I did, you know? Yeah, definitely. So glad I, did. I really would love to hear how that, how Kim McQueen's came to be. I mean, did it fall in your lap? Did they contact you? I'm always fascinated by like how a reality TV show, you know, is born. So can you talk more okay, about that? So this is a true story. I had my second son at that time. So I was on, I stayed at home for the first six years with my kids, which about killed them and killed me because I'm not a stay at home <laughs> mom. But my husband and I decided, you know, we were going to sacrifice or I was going to sacrifice. And about like the fifth year, my husband's like, okay, baby, it's time for you to do something because you're driving us all crazy. <laughs> so I love it. I said, all right, one day I was taking a, a nap with my son, my second son. The other one was in school. I called my husband. I said, Travis, I'm going to do reality TV. And he said, okay. And I had been doing a little community, you know, faith-based talk show in Atlanta for oh. about six or seven years. Okay. Just a little small, like on cable access, you know, and I loved it. But I said, I want to do reality. He said, okay, girl, go ahead. But he, you know, he was just like, just make sure I got some pork chops and some green beans when I get home. You know, like, <laughs> right. I, I that's just, all. Like, they're so simple, aren't they? <laughs> right, right. All they want to do is like feed their ego, give them a little sex. Exactly. And, uh, feed their belly and they're good. Yep. And that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, um, a whole nother podcast. So I went to my basement and I set up a video camera, like the ones with the with the tape in it, right? Yes. And I set it up and I said, I did a little monologue type thing about how I gained weight as pregnancy. And, and I sent it to every producer I could find. Oh, wow. Okay. Girl, I probably sent out that tape because I had it done digitally. And then I sent a link I put on YouTube. And I sent that probably to 125 producers and production so companies. So smart. 
So there was no show. It wasn't a show. I mean, I was training girls for pageants. I've always done that. I still help girls. You know, I even help girls you know, with their college interviews and things like that. But I didn't even have that on the tape, girl. Erin, it was just me jaw flapping for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And this guy called me and said, I'm just going to pitch this, your tape. So that little tape I did in my basement, six months later, it landed me at Lifetime with a fully developed show. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. So don't demise small beginnings. You don't have to have all the equipment, all the lighting and all, oh, all no. that. Don't buy, I say it all the time. Don't buy the bus yes. before you have the tour date. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I say that too. You know? Yes. No, I say that too. Yeah, you're right. It's so true. Honestly, I didn't have a show before the pandemic. And I was like, you know what? I want to connect with people. I love reality TV. Yes. I have always watched The Bachelor. I don't know if you watch The Bachelor, but I've watched The Bachelor from... You know, yes, honey. I love The Bachelor. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about that too. Season one, I've been watching, right? So I have oh been invested. God. I've been invested. And I don't know if you remember Ben Higgins, you know, I'm, I'm probably if you yes. watch The Bachelor. Okay. So I had a family connection and I was like, you know what? I'm taking this and I'm running with it. And I used that it. connection. He opened the door to so many more interviews with so many more Bachelor people. I met them in person before the pandemic. Ah. And I created this show. Did you watch Listen to Your Heart? Yes. Okay. So I, when I saw Listen to Your Heart, I was like, okay, I see an opportunity here. I see bringing these people on live with me on Instagram and having oh. them sing, right? Because I love to sing. It just made sense to me. And I started doing that. So I started interviewing them live and having them sing live. And it just grew and grew and grew. And they all came on. Almost, I've literally had almost the entire cast of Listen to Your Heart on. And then after that, I was able to get more Bachelor people because it, the show grew. So I just started from this one little, you know, live show. And now everybody knows I have Tub Talk and, you know, I have guests every week now. And, and it's people that, you know, were on Clarentasia season or... I've talked to Matt's girls. Like, I know Katie personally, the new Bachelorette. Wow. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, you do have to start somewhere, but you don't. You do. It doesn't have to be a big production. I was literally in my tub with a freaking ring light, you know, because the lighting was good. Yeah, and I went with it, you know, and yep. then here I am. So, it's but crazy. Sarah, that's, that's what I want everybody to understand. Everybody, so, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You can't. Yeah. You, you can. don't want to do it because. Because you think it's got to look a certain way, be a certain way. No. Let me tell you something. You know this because you're in, in, in the podcast business and, the, you know, you talk for a living. So, for me, there is no better time to be doing something like this. When I started, there was no outlets like this. Right. You know, there was no way to really present yourself and what you do to a large audience. You can do anything now. Anything. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, anybody can go live on Instagram. Anybody. Anybody. Anybody can go live anybody. on Instagram. And you don't have to be the most talented. It's all about what's inside. It's all about how authentic you are and bringing that to the table. So right. that's amazing. I mean, don't despise humble beginnings. I say that all the time. 100%. And, you know, you have to find something no one else is doing also. I think that's important, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. I think that because uh -huh. your show, there was really nobody – on TV who was training, you know, right. up and coming pageant queens or whatever. There was nothing like that. So when you find like a niche, you know, that's not being met or, or something that is lacking in the, you know, in the world or whatever, and in whatever capacity it is, you can take that. That's an opportunity and you just yes. run with it. And that's what I did. That's what you did. I love it. 
Well, and uh, you were a self-starter. You have to you have to get up and do the thing. You have to. You know? Oh, you and have you gotta to. you got to put in the hard work. Hard work helps. you got to work hard, but you've got to work smart. And you've got to, I don't care if you're wanting to be the president of the PTA. Whatever your goal or whatever your, and if you don't have a goal, get one. Right. Okay? Right. Your life ain't over just because you have children and a husband. Thank you. Okay? Yes. Sorry. I mean, I hate to say that, but women have so much to add to this world. Raising kids is probably the most important job, but it's not the only job. And unfortunately, we have to do it all. Yep. It really sucks, but it's the truth. No, it's absolutely true. And it breaks my heart when I, you know, when I see friends that are just, they just kind of pigeonhole themselves as a parent when they have so much more to offer. You know, they have so many gifts and talents. Yeah. And, like, don't let those go to waste. Just because you have small children, that's okay. Like, you can you can make it work. You know, they're not awake 24-7. And if they are, I'm a sleep coach. I can help you with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that you got to call me later on that one. I need to sleep. I love sleeping. I love eating. And I love being by myself. <laughs> oh, my God, girl. We're just having too much fun. Well, I think that's just, I think every mom in America just went amen because I do. I just, you know, let me just binge watch Bridgerton and please right? lock the door and leave me alone. Can I, okay, yeah. I got to tell you, this is every Mother's Day, this is what I, what I ask for my husband and he obliges me because he knows, he knows what I have to he do knows. day in, day out, right? I, every Mother's Day. I get breakfast, lunch, and dinner in bed, whatever I want. He'll go get it. He'll DoorDash, whatever, you know, whatever. Just makes it happen. And I literally get to just Netflix and chill all day. I can take bubble bath. I can read a book. I can do whatever the hell I want. And he is in charge of the children from sunup to sundown. I mean, we're talking he gets up with them and he puts them to bed. Like I have, obviously, I say hello to them. They come in and say hi, whatever. But, you know, it's like I am off. I am literally off that day and it is the best gift in the world it's the best it's the best and there's nothing better and don't you feel this way like i mean uh, the mom guilt and all that and i used to feel that way now i'm a little bit older than you uh, for sure but you know i'm that mom that will just embarrass the mess out of you as a kid so you, <laughs> my children a little bit especially in public kind of walk a chalk line because they know mom will just start going off especially like if i'm at their school or something so for me i'm like i feel no guilt I'm no. going. No. I'm staying in bed all day. Oh, I'll yeah. figure it out. Oh, yeah. Guilt-free. Guilt-free. So don't feel guilty. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, definitely not. No. And my husband is just supportive, and he's like, you know, you deserve this. Like, that's what you deserve. You. <laughs> he's a smart man. Oh, he's a very... Well, why do you think we've been married for 10 years? He's like... <laughs> he's smart. He is perfect. He's so and his name is Aaron. We're Aaron and Aaron. Oh, my God. I love it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's... And that, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. So it's so true, you know. And that's really everywhere. Yeah, that's in that's in business. That's in everything. Like you really just have to be the boss. You just have to be your own boss. You do. And um, I think women are getting there, though. I'm hoping that women are really, especially this younger generation. I think they're seeing it. I think they're feeling it. I think it's uh, we're setting the younger generation up to really, you know, be everything they were intended to be. Yeah, I really do. Because we I'm are hoping, setting that I'm example. Hoping. Yes. We're setting the example. Yes. My daughter is seeing me, you know, get sponsorships and, and she knows what uh, that is, right? She knows what going live means and she's been live with me for like, she knows my show. She knows what I do. She knows that uh, if mom's doors close, it's cause I'm recording, you know, to be quiet and to be respectful and that, that she respects what I do. Like I, that's all I want, right? That's all I want. And well, she and wants to be a YouTuber. Take it. Yeah. And then 
yeah, she'll take it and go to the next level with it. That's it. Right. That's all it's about right there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You just, you just set a mouthful. That's why I did chemical eats. Right there. That's why I do what I do for what you just said. I love it. I mean, I think you're just so inspiring. And your show, you guys, you have to watch the show. Now, it's on Lifetime. Can they watch it on demand now? Like, because I wasn't able to. Yeah. I had to watch it on YouTube, which is totally fine. Yeah, it's it's YouTube and, and Lifetime. And we just actually wrapped taping another show for young adults oh, called Brace for Kimpact. Hopefully that'll be <gasps> out late summer or early fall. Oh, my gosh. Um, so cute. Which is just a continuation, you know, of it's it's young girls. What do I do with my life? Unfortunately, so many young people are dealing with anxiety and depression and, um, you know, pressure from social media and everything. So we address all of that, not from a clinical standpoint, but from an encouraging supportive standpoint and um oh. i'm excited about that too so i love that is that also going to be on lifetime you know, it's just that it's probably going to be on on a streaming service we haven't oh okay we haven't finished the negotiations we have several people interested so but we filmed it at 10 episodes so it's done it's in the can but again i'm saying to everybody listening so many people are looking for content people are looking for you right yeah. we need everybody needs to really take a moment and think about like what they're passionate and what they love and speak to that and get out there. The time is now. I mean, after this pandemic, Erin, the world is going to be a different place. The way we do business, the way we receive information, everything is shifting. Yep. So now's the time to really reevaluate. Like you said, you did that. You're like, what am I going to do here? You yeah. know, and you took, you took the initiative, but that's why these messes that we think, oh my gosh, it's COVID. We're never going to, is actually a blessing. It can put you right where you need to be. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I mean, without the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have been able to access so many people right. so right. easily, right? Because everybody right. was on their phones 24-7. Everybody was at home, super available, you know, free. Yeah, blessing. Right? It really was. So I, you got to seize those moments, people. I mean, you really, yeah. really do. You do have to do that because if you don't, it's just going to pass you by. So, and now I have something, you know, to build on. So I'm very yeah. grateful for that, for sure. These are everywhere. Just Absolutely. Keep yeah, your damn eyes open. You know, stop looking yep, at your phone. Yep. <laughs> it's so yep. true. The other day I heard this and I love it. As a dating coach, I love to hear this. People, when they're like at a Starbucks or something, you're or at a grocery store, you're always yeah. on your phone. You're looking at your phone, right? You're not looking at the people around you. Put right. your phone in your purse. You will meet the love of your life. Yes. You will. You just will, because I've seen it happen. And if we are more connected with the people around us, that's how those connections are going to form. That's how those relationships are going to be built. You know, maybe your BFF is right in front of you. You don't even know because you're on your damn phone. Right. Live. Get out in life and live. Don't yes. wait. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody to come hand you something or, or something, whatever. It's not going to happen. Get out there. Be in tune with what's going on inside of you. Listen to that still, small voice. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and like you said, pay attention. Pay attention. That is so important. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I have a question. What is the legacy? And, and we're going to talk about, you know, your QVC clothing line, Belle and Belle Beauty and all of that. But I, before we get into that, I want to ask you, what is the legacy you want to leave? Your children, your family. What do you want that to look like? And that's a great, great question, Erin. I want my kids to know I left nothing on the table. You know, I'm getting older in my life, and, and with that does come wisdom if you learn from, from your past. But I was on Steve Harvey, and actually the Bachelorette, Rachel, she was on, oh, and we her. were talking together, and 
she was like, I have no regrets. And I said, well, then you haven't lived long enough. (laughs) I like that. And Steve said, Kim is right. I said, I have a lot of regrets. I would go back and change some things if I could. Right. I don't stay there. I don't. But everybody says, I don't regret because it's brought me to where I am. Well, you could have gotten here a little faster if you'd done some things a little bit different. So (laughs) no. Good point. Yes. Um, Let's get real. I'm just saying there are things in my life I regret. I've learned from it. So it wasn't wasted. So we waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. trying to make up for the past or, you know, excuse our past or, you know, deny it. No. I want my kids to know I laid it all out there. I took, I milked every opportunity and I even went after some that I didn't even deserve. You got to get in the game, get in the fight. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be sweet and pretty. It's not going to be an Instagram, you know, Photoshopped picture, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be the ride and adventure of your whole entire life. That's what I want my kids to see. You know, my son had a really big run-in with a with a basketball coach who was just an ass. That's mm. all I can say. I'm like, he's. I said, babe, you missed your first ass. <laughs> you met your first douchebag, okay? Here he is. And so how are you going to deal with him? And I told him, I said, you got to stand. And when he tells you you're a, a loser or a little, you know, S-H-I-T, which I wanted to go and knock the absolute out of him. Yeah. I said, you got to stand. So then you got to practice anyway, and you got to do it more, and you got to do it harder. And you guys, and I said, and you will come out on top. Mm-hmm. And he did. So don't quit. Don't bow down. Don't. And he learned that at like 13 years old. That's wow. a lot. That's really young to learn about a big old douchebag like that. That's your coach. Yeah. It should be for you and encouraging you, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Your situation with your mom, that should have been a different situation. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. Would he have regretted if he would have bowed down and just quit basketball and done? Absolutely. But see, he'll look back now on that experience and say, I took the moment and I learned and grew from it. A lot of times you got crappy things that happen to you for your own good. Yeah, I completely agree. But there's regrets. Oh, of course. Yeah, I feel like I do. You know, I don't have many, but yes, I do have some regrets, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I can relate. You know what I'm saying? Like regrets, but you learn from them. Like, like that's, that's the key. That's the key. That's what, you know, that's a legacy to leave your kids that you, because we all make mistakes, but what you learn from it and what you take from it and and use for your good, that is, wow, to start that young, my kid to get that and understand that. So when he's in his twenties, he's not getting screwed over or whatever, because he's like, you know, I wish at 19 and 20, I wasn't as naive. You know, I wish I'd have learned some of those hard knocks a little bit younger. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and you said it about the Starbucks. Get off your phone. What, get off of whatever. Your negativity, your, yeah. your you know, self-pity, whatever the thing, your phone, whatever the thing is causing you distraction and not pay attention, get off of that. Yep. And pay attention. Yes. Because life is happening. It's happening. All around us. I know. And there's opportunities all around us. I know. All I love around this us, babe. so much. Speaking of another opportunity, you then went into QVC. So how did that happen? Well, you know, I love QVC. I love shopping, period, online, on .com, boutiques, you know, wherever. I love to shop. And so, and I've always been entrepreneurial, and I'm good at TV. So I said, I'm going to go to the biggest e-com. It's always been a dream of mine. I wrote it in my journal, like, in 2002, uh, that I want to be on QVC. So I started pursuing that. And let me tell you something. That's a beast. To get into <laughs> QVC, oh, God, girl. You want to talk about work. 
I mean, I ain't worked this hard in, you know, forever. I started on that journey and I prepared and prepared and prepared. I talked to hosts. I would talk to people who have brands on QVC. I would research it. I would do everything. Nothing prepares you, but I was mentally positioning myself to get in there. And we launched almost five years ago and it feels like home. So what I'm saying is, but would I have ever gotten QVC if I hadn't had to deal with the crappy things I had to deal with with Kim of Queens? No. What I learned from Kim of Queens was able to position me now at QVC to be the owner of my brand, the captain of my ship there, the negotiator for my you know creativity. So I would not have been able to do that in confidence or any other way if I hadn't gone through Kim McQueen. So for me, QVC is it's a great partnership. And so on Kim of Queens, were you, did you have creative control? No. Okay. So I would have to steer the ship covertly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I led from behind the scenes. And that's why it lasted two seasons, just because of that message to those young girls. They said, nobody wants to see positive TV. Positive TV doesn't have to be cheesy and soft. I mean, we were not a cheesy, the cheesy and soft moments you saw were not mine. Okay. And I'm not going to fight you over a red lipstick. Okay. Right. I don't care. Right, right. All right. Wear the red. Look like a tramp on stage. You won't win, but you will learn a lesson. You know, that's my, that's my, you know what if you want to be that way, oh, but you're not going to win, but go ahead and do it, girl, because I'm not going to sit here and fight you over red lipstick. Right. Okay? Yeah. But so, you know, I didn't have creative control. I learned how to lead. I learned how to pivot. I learned how to make it work from behind the scenes. I learned how to deal with difficult people. I learned how to control my temper. I learned how to manage a situation when I'm not in charge. I mean, I could go on and on. And those are great lessons Mm -hmm. that you learned. And that's the only reason it lasts. Yes. Wow. Valuable. And I mean, I could never not live without those lessons now. Dealing with people, Erin, is the toughest thing you'll ever do in life. Mm -hmm. In business, in your home, in just going to Target. I agree with you. That is, if you can deal with people well, you can do anything. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, I thought I could deal with people well, and then I became a flight attendant, and I was like, get me the (laughs) hell out of here. Oh, Oh my my God. God. I literally, if I hadn't left that job, I would literally hate people. Like, you see the absolute worst in people when they are on a plane. The absolute worst. Over a pack of peanuts, girl. Ridiculous. Over a pack of peanuts. Oh my god. Okay. Just the manners yeah, literally fly out the window. Dealing with people is tough. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Dealing no, with I agree with you. Very, it's one of the most important things we should be teaching our young people. Oh yeah. Is how to manage and deal with people. I, I said to girls this morning, I said opposites attract, but opposites also attack. You've got to see things from other people's perspective. You mm-hmm. never know where they've been, what they're going through. I think empathy is the number one thing you can teach your children the number one absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. and yeah. we we try to do that especially here. in today's world girl oh my god of course of course and the entitlement yeah. oh my god don't get but me started get it on the entitlement it. oh well that's a whole nother podcast we don't even have time to talk about that right now. we have about another. five episodes here uh <laughs> i love it um, that's part two girl <laughs> right seriously So moving forward, you mentioned to me you are writing a book that will be hopefully out next year. Now, is this your first book? It is. Very exciting. It'll be my first book. Might be my last. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. (laughs) You're so funny. I mean, writing a book. Writers writers are 
Yeah, girl, that's hard. Writing a book is hard. Yeah. I don't enjoy it, <laughs> but I, I want to do it. You know, but I don't enjoy it. That's true talk. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I want to write a book, but I know I wouldn't enjoy it either. I know I would, because I hate writing. I'd much rather talk, like given the choice, you know? Yeah. I would just much rather have a conversation with someone. But Yeah, me too. So you need to write, you've got to write a book. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe I'll do like a children's book first. I, I want to do like a, a sleeping, like a children's sleeping book something that you could read to your children that will like prepare them for sleep training in a way, you know, I think that would be really oh, helpful. Oh, that's great. And it's not out there. Like I said, you know, you got to find something that just doesn't exist yet that people will um, be drawn to. Right. So as a dating coach, I'm so curious. I keep saying that I'm so curious, but I'm a curious person. When you met your husband and how did, I would love to know how you met your husband and were you 100% yourself on that first date? Yes. When I, I met my husband at a church event, I was 100% myself because I didn't really even look at him twice, didn't care. <laughs> and I always tell girls, don't care. It's hard to not care if you care, right? So yep. I wasn't playing a game. I just was just like, oh my God, I'm not, this guy, I don't like this guy. This is not my type. Okay. Right? Okay. And so I was just fully 100% myself. I mean, like we would go eat, I would get the big cheeseburger with the extra large Coke, I and the big large it. fries, right? Yeah. So, but see, I didn't care. I didn't have any interest in him at all. So I was just truly 100% myself. And I always tell girls this, the guy knows, let him take the lead there because when you chase a man, it's not a good look. Let the man chase you. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, Carrie, it's so old fashioned or whatever. Well, call me whatever you want to. It works. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Yeah, absolutely. Men, men like what they cannot have. Always. They want to go for it. They st- I, my husband's still chasing me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's how we're built. Sorry. Exactly. They love the challenge, and, uh, the competition, so all of it. Me. They do. And then so my husband is still like, I, this is so shallow, but I always say, let him love you a little bit more than you love him. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so, and that's how our marriage works. We've grown, of course, and, you know, we've matured. But that first dating experience, it's always good not to be so available. Right. Have your own thing going. Oh, people yeah. People love things with people that got their own thing. Oh, yeah. Don't you think you're a dating coach? Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I always tell too. people have zero expectations. I mean, I met my husband on a date, like it was online, you know, we met online and I remember wearing just jeans and a t-shirt and, you know, like tennis shoes. Like I was so casual. Yeah. I put a little makeup on. I didn't want to look, you know, I didn't want to scare him off, but you know, I, (laughs) I I was just very, very just, yeah, but you didn't, I didn't go all out. Right. I did not go all out. And I remember him saying like, he was just silly. He was just like, wow, you know, I figured like you'd wear a skirt for me or something on the first day. And I said, no, you get to the second date, you can have a skirt, you know, like that, that's a, that's a gift. Okay. <laughs> you gotta earn it, buddy. <laughs> you gotta earn that so skirt. You were a challenge. That's a challenge. He loved it. He yeah. absolutely loved it. And we were together from date one, literally date one, we were together. And I was, I was dating all, all other Tons of other guys. Like, I was just having fun. I was in my 20s. I tell everybody, if you're in your 20s, you just date and you have fun and you don't worry about anything. You're trying to figure out who you are and what you want. That is all you're trying to do. And you're trying to, you know, focus on yourself. I love it. You have to. Especially now. You know, you can get married at 30. No one's going to bat an eye, right? But back then, 
we were like so pressured to get married in our 20s. At least I was, you know? Yeah. And it's not like that now. It's not like that now. You can take your time. Take your sweet time and make sure that is the right person and make sure you date enough people to know that is your person. Well, and have something going for yourself. Yes. Absolutely. Always be able to to have something going for you, whether it's a career or you're, you're getting a degree or you're starting a business. Have other interests outside of that relationship. Trust me. That is attractive. You know, I mean, yes. Well, marriage is not the be all end all. No. I mean, I know people don't, people are like, what? It's just not. No, no, it's no, no, not. No. It's a lot of work and it's, it's a blessing. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying live a little and experience some life yep. before you settle down. And again, I'm trying to keep you from some regrets. Right. right? And you know, don't rush to have kids. You can freeze your eggs these days. You can, you know, you don't, and you can have kids at a later age. Like you don't have to be in such a rush to have children. Like you said, live your life, experience all that there is. When you're just single or when you're just married, you know, I wish I hadn't gotten pregnant six months after we got married. I mean, my God, like that was too fast. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh God, I'm already 30, you know, three, like I got to pop out a kid. Like it's awful. Like I, I, I hate that pressure that women feel. I hate it. You felt pressure. You felt pressure. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did. And I'm I'm one of five. I'm the oldest of five. So to have no, you know, I knew I'd have kids and I was a nanny for many, many, many years. So I knew that was in my, you know, life plan. But did I have to hurry up and have a child right after I got married? No, I should not have done that, you know, but it is what it is. I got, I got pregnant on the first try. And then again, we got pregnant again on the second try, which <laughs> is a blessing. I mean, I, I, when I say try, it's like, you know, air quotes because there was no trying there. It was just like, bam, and it happened. But, you know, it was, it was just too fast. It worked out, obviously, but it was just, it was too fast. So take your time. Take your time and do you. Really figure out what you want to do with your life. And, and then you'll get to a point you realize what life's all about, which is where I'm at in my age, in my life. And it's really about living every single moment mm-hmm. with that adventure and with that hope because it goes by so fast mm-hmm. it, does. it goes by so fast it does. and um i know that sounds corny and cheesy and just like your parents used to tell you but it's just it's just the truth so mm-hmm. you know live it to the fullest if you want to do something do it if you want to have that you know banana split have it yeah If you feel like you want to go and, you know, take that trip to, you know, South Africa on a safari, take it. You got to save your money for it. Start saving. Just really have those moments where you just, you're living to the fullest. And because I'm telling you, that's where we're at. Like after this year, Erin, aren't you, aren't you just grateful to be able to to get out and do something? You know, we're, we're opened up here and I'm thinking to myself, everything could be changed in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I mean, being able to go yeah. to, you know, Cabo and and um, celebrate our 10 year anniversary, you know, that was just that was just a, a little right. It was just like a slice of heaven. But and we want to go back. Right. So we're making plans to go back. And I think that it's important to always have something to look forward to. You know, you really everyone uh-huh. should have something. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's dessert tonight. You know, what I mean? it's like 
anything. Just have always have something that you're looking forward to. It will motivate you. It will bring joy into your life. I mean, whatever yes. it is, whatever, it can be the smallest thing, but also have those big things too. Those big goals, you know, I want to go to New York this year and meet Peter Weber. Like that's a goal of mine. Okay. Like I, do it. right. And it, I want it to happen. I want to interview A-list celebrities. Like I, that's a goal of mine. Like it's my, have a bucket list, like have those goals and always write them down and always remind yourself. Cause it's so nice to come back and say, Oh my God, I completed these goals. You know, I, I met these goals. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. You want to do that. It's so important. Really I agree. And, and they motivate you and they keep you in the moment and they keep you grateful. And so, yeah, that's the legacy. You were talking about legacy earlier. That's what legacy I want to leave. Just that. I love Just that. Just that. That's simple. Yeah. I love that so much. Before we wrap up, I'd love to know, is there somebody that you haven't connected with that you that you really would love to connect with? That is such a great question. It's a big question, Erin. That's it a is. really great question. Thank you. I think I'd love to meet. It, they have to be alive. They have to be alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just because be, then you can, you know, put it out in the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Who and that is Erin. Who would you? Well, I'm thinking. Tell me who you would want to meet because I, I, I'll give me a minute to think. Oh my gosh! Well, you mentioned Rachel Lindsay. I take that seriously, you know? right? I know, right? Yes. Well, you yeah, you mentioned Rachel she, Lindsay. She's fantastic. She's incredible. I would love to interview her. You know. Yes, I'm totally gonna DM her after this and tell her you need to be on this podcast. Oh Done. my God, are you serious? I'm gonna um, cry. That's amazing. I'm dead dumb serious, Erin. I love her. Thank you. I love that girl, and she's really doing a lot. I'm so in awe of her. She, you know, she separated from the franchise because of what she believes. And that franchise is what, you know, gave her her platform, right? So the fact that she said, thank you for my platform, but there are bigger and better things that I need to do, you know, with my time and energy. To me, I was like, you, that is a true queen right there. She blows and me she's away. she's smart, too. So she's smart. She's very smart. She's, yeah. okay. oh, that's she's done. so much going. You will love her. She's so lovely. Oh, my gosh. Thank yeah. you. But for me, if, if I can meet one person, I don't know. It probably would be one of the female CEOs of some of these large corporations now. Because oh, yeah. being a powerful woman, I mean, even young, I was very strong and loud and opinionated and, you know, focused. And I was always not made fun of, but misunderstood. And so I think for me, if I could meet another woman that I, that connects from a business standpoint of what I'm thinking, because Erin, to be honest with you, women are not taught to think on a business track. Right. You know, right. we're not. No. We're, you know, and I don't know what happens. Like there's so many, I mean, our valedictorian in high school, she was female. So I don't know what happens when they get out of high school and you go to college. It seems like it, it flip flops or something. Something changes. A lot of your achievers in, you know, those younger years are girls. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for me, I probably would ask her, what was your journey? How did you get to where you are? Because if like, if you're the CEO of, you know, a large corporation, a fortune 500 company, you've had a journey. Right. So it'd probably be one of those women. Mm -hmm. I think also one other, just cause I just started so watching her show, the big shot on HBO, Bethany Frankel would be oh I love Bethany right oh I love me some Bethany Frankel and yes. you you remind me of her just your her tenacity and just how she is just no yeah. bullshit like you but in the best way I mean you just remind me of her in the best way you really do yeah she's just a Jewish New Yorker and I'm a country southern you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the only difference 
lot in common. You got to watch that show. That show. And I do think she's a girl's girl. It's so good. I've already watched it. I've already watched two episodes. I think it's fantastic. Oh, isn't I it? Think she's great? really. It, it, you know, she had some struggles with her, you know, home life and family life growing up, but she took that and made something out of it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Definitely. I respect her. I think that she's done so much with her life. Well, I have so enjoyed this, Kim. I am so happy we got to connect and get cozy. Me too. Um, please, please tell everyone listening where they can find you, follow you, buy your products. Just promote the heck out of you. Oh, y'all, just any, anywhere on social media, just Kim Gravel. We have our websites for Bell Beauty and Bell by Kim Gravel, but... You know, look, let's just all stay connected and encourage each other because at, at the end of the day, you know, when you lift somebody else up, you will be lifted up. And I truly 100% have, am a living example of that. So all us girls out there have to support one another and guys too. We can't forget our guys. Anywhere I'm on social media, reach out to me. If you need a word of encouragement, whatever, reach out to me. I'm checking it all the time and we have a team of, of, of great, strong women that do too, so... Amen to that for sure. Thank you guys so much for listening. Kim, thank you again for your time. I've had so much fun. My cheeks are literally sore from laughing. You're just a joy. I just love it. I cannot wait to see all the good things you're going to do. All the, the, the new shows coming, the book. You have so much going on. I'm so excited. And I will be there to promote you every step of the way. We'll stay in contact for sure. Thank we have to. You. Absolutely. Please go follow at Getting Cozy with Aaron on Instagram. And do not forget my new podcast, Bash After Dark, which, Kim, I got to tell you about this one. It is a sexy 20 questions with all your batch faves. We have had Mike Johnson, Blake Horseman, Matt Donald, and we have so many more coming up trying to get Peter Weber to come on, talk about the windmill situation. We're working on that. Very, very excited. That is on Spotify. But yes, these guys did not hold back him. They talked about their first sexual experiences, what what turns them on in bed. You would oh not God. believe. Oh yeah, it is hot, you guys. I was literally sweating during recording. So much fun. It's uh yeah, it, it should be it's rated R. It's definitely not safe for work. <laughs> for sure but a lot of fun so definitely go and listen and love the feedback and you can follow that podcast at batch after dark pod on instagram so guys thank you again so much for listening i really appreciate all of you i hope you are all staying safe but always stay cozy till next time bye (laughs) 